Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those who are called by God to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're teaching warriors to fight for the human heart because only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome, everyone, to Season 2 again of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. And as always, my goal is to equip everyone who either has a bent towards spiritual coaching or who just frequently has spiritual conversations with others uh, by offering you training and truth and along with some encouragement. Uh, in this season, uh, like I said, season one was a foundational season. We talked about the philosophy that goes underneath spiritual coaching. And then in season two, which we're in the midst of now, we're talking about the life of the spiritual coach themselves. And, and be sure to go back and catch season one, listen to all the episodes, because uh, what we're doing today and moving forward is based on what we did moving back to the beginning of the episode of the of the podcast. Um, as you do that, be sure that you remember uh, that I do this because only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. My spiritual coaching page, where you can find helpful content uh, towards having spiritual conversations or and doing spiritual coaching, is Two Rivers Church backslash Life Coaching hyphenate Life Coaching. Today, we're going to continue with the audio from the spiritual retreat I did for our leadership uh, this past summer. Listening to the recording, I discovered that ripping through a, a podcast script, it's just so much different than a live presentation. So I apologize for some dips in volume, and I, I tried to cut out all the, the longer pauses that I used, edited out several bits that pertained only to our crowd, some stuff you really couldn't hear, uh, some snips, some, some sniffs, and, and some, uh, some other outside noises. Um, so it does on occasion get just a little choppy, but don't fear that you missed anything that's important. Uh, I assure you that you did not. If you like or dislike the live content, feel free to let me know the live content as opposed to my normal podcast content. Email me at carry at two rivers dot church. That's K E R R Y at two rivers dot church. You can also message me from my new Twitter handle, PKSC podcast. PK for Pastor Kerry, SC for Spiritual Coaching, and the word podcast. PKSC podcast. The topic for this session was silence and the role it plays in knowing one's self well enough to both take precautions against flare-ups of our inner brokenness and wounding, as well as uh, using silence as a way of knowing where you need to seek God's help for deeper, deeper healing. I talk a little bit about spiritual disciplines themselves as well. And I close with an intimate biblical picture of what true rest or deep silence looks like. Without further ado, here's that content. We're going to talk about silence and solitude. And, and if you're sitting out there, you might go, okay, where is he going with this? I think I know what silence and solitude are, right? Uh, silence, I shut my mouth. Solitude, I get away from everybody. Yes and no. Uh, that's a surface level. That's a beginning level, and there are important levels, but they're not all there is to these two disciplines. Uh, and silence and solitude are often, uh, I, I did a search on the internet, and you almost couldn't find something about these disciplines separate. Um, and when you look at them on that surface level, okay, I, I get that. Well, if you're gonna, if you want silence, you probably need solitude, right? And if you're in solitude, you probably get silence, right? 
yes, on the surface level. But these have, if you take them to a deeper level, they, they can stand alone and they're very important aspects of, of what we have to do to be who we need to be. And we're gonna start with this silence. I'm gonna take you deeper into this beyond auditory silence, okay? Uh, we're gonna quiet more than just our tongue and our mouth. More than closing ourselves off from audible noise. Silence is to close off our souls from the noise of the interior, self-talk, and desire. It's quieting the will, the demands, the dreams, the control, and the manipulation. So, so words are an outer noise, but silencing the heart, silencing the heart stills the inner chatter and clatter of our clamorous, turbulent hearts. That's the only way we can really hear God and know what he's saying to us. Um, it, to be increasingly attentive to God, there is much in us we need to silence beyond our tongue. To be increasingly attentive to God's inner leading and, and, and his voice, there's a whole lot more that we need to quiet down than just our mouths. Uh, Lamentations 3, you have this in your notes there. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Do you think maybe patience and silence have something to do with each other? Mm. Freebie there. It is good for people to submit to an, at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Oh, man. Parents. Parents. Did you just catch that? It is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Yes. This is what you tell your kids. This is what I told my kids. You want to know how to obey Jesus when you're two years old? Obey mommy and daddy. That pleases the heart of God. I said it to my kids all the time. If you want to please the heart of God, please the heart of your mommy and daddy. That's right. All right, so it's good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of discipline. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's demand. Let them sit alone in silence under the Lord's demands. Let them lie face down in the dust, for there may be hope at last. Let them turn the other cheek to those who strike them and accept the insults of their enemies. We're, we're going to talk about this, but there's the, what, what I'm going to talk to you about today, there's a degree of pacifism I'm going to talk to you about. Okay? There's a degree of um, quietism. Do you see that even turning the cheek and accepting insults is a form of silence? All of this, and then the last thing he says, it seems disconnected. Oh, by the way, yeah, turn the other cheek to those who strike them and accept the insults of their enemies. And he's talking about being submissive, sitting under the commands of God, and all of a sudden, he turns around to other people. Well, what's he doing there? So one of the things we have to silence is our rights. Uh, I have a little book. I wish I had extra copies of it. It's called Have We No Rights? It was written by a missionary. Just going down through all the rights that they had to give up to succeed on the missionary field. Even our rights, sometimes you've got to die to them. Now, as a, as a, as a coach, I, I, I always feel the, the overriding pressure to say here, I'm not talking about abuse in this. Okay? Those of you that know the way I coach, you know that I cannot abide with abuse. Right. I will protect anyone. 
that even thinks they're being abused. If they feel abused, they are abused. Okay, if your spouse feels abused, they have been abused. And if you are the reason why they feel that way, you abuse them. I don't care what you did. I don't care what your intentions were. Does not matter. If they feel abused, they've been abused. And so I have some stuff here about silence. And I just did a quick study for you. And I was really a little blown away by this. It says silence is freeing there. Okay, it comes from self-control and patience and teachability and other inner strengths of character, all right? Uh, silence frees you to listen. Okay, so let me just pull aside and say this to you. If you have a problem listening, you need some dinner, inner heart work because there's something there you need to deal with. If you're always talking and it can't abide by silence, you've got an issue. Because... You can't listen unless you're silent. And let me say this to you. Just because you're not speaking doesn't mean you're silent. Here's what I do a lot. Nancy's talking to me, right? And I look like I'm listening, but I'm getting ready to launch my counterattack. I'm loading up for bear. I'm going down through all the reasons why what I did was right and why she's wrong. That is not silence. That's self-protection. Silence frees you to listen. We're silencing more than our mouths. We're silencing our hearts. If you cannot silence your self-protective responses and reactions, you have unclosed emotional loops in your life. You have unexpressed emotions. You are protecting yourself. Again, some of you don't need to protect yourself against most likely, especially with my wife. I'm protecting myself against someone I do not need to defend myself against. She's proven that to me over 34 years. I do not need to defend myself against that woman. Silence frees us to learn. You can't learn if you're not listening. And it doesn't mean just your mouth is shut. Some of us can't even sit through a message or a lecture or a teaching without doing eight things on the side and watching our email and checking the, the, the texts and there's nothing silent about our posture. We're not teachable. We think our attitude is teachable, but we're not because we are so totally distracted. That comes from your heart. That's not even a discipline I'm sure you can learn unless your heart will enable you to do it. Silence frees us from belittling others. Silence frees us from trouble. Silence frees us from sin. Silence frees us from death. Look up the verses. Silence frees us to be wise. In fact, the proverb says, if you're stupid, shut your mouth and people think you're, you're smart. Huh? My paraphrase. <laughs> so all you stupid people out there, <laughs> stop talking and people will think you're smart. That's, that's the application for today. <laughs> silence frees us to wait on God if you are having trouble waiting on God your problem is silence you can't be still you can't wait you can't sit down and wait for God's timing you can't pull a David put your sword back in your seat and say I will not raise my hand against God's anointed you have to have a silent heart you can't be manipulating and, and positioning and and this is the phrase we love in our culture. I just put, I just had to put myself out there. 
<laughs> Perfect timing, dude. I want you on my team. I just listened to Bullfrog, guys. He's preaching. He's preaching, yeah. Um, silence frees us to receive due correction. If someone comes to you with feedback, I tell you what, feedback is, a, is gold to a leader. If your heart is well differentiated. I'll be honest, I don't always do good with this one. But feedback is priceless. If you have someone in your life that will give you honest feedback, draw close to them. Give them room. Give them permission. Give them space to speak. And even if they're your enemy. Chances are they see something you don't see. It, it's going to be draped in attack but there's gold inside of it silence frees us to think to think silently instead of be noisy if your heart is still wounded and you know it is stay as far away as you can from feedback now I want you to hear this next thing I'm going to say very carefully if your heart is still wounded and you're carrying unmet longings that you haven't dealt with and you're not well differentiated Stay away from giving feedback. Don't do it. You will end up attacking, even well-meaning. It bleeds. Come on. Yes. It bleeds. You don't know you're angry. You don't. Your face. Your face is angry. You know what it's like when someone comes up to you and they're and they're saying the right words, but their whole posture is. Whoa, I'm going to deck him if he says another word. If you are wired like that still and you stop the attack, shut it down, get your heart well. You can't, your motive to give feedback can't be to one up and make yourself feel better because you shoved somebody else down. That can't be what you're coming at. It can't be anger. In fact, here's another thing. Never give feedback before you've forgiven them for the thing you're giving them feedback for. If your heart, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Forgive them and wait a week. So you have time to stay in your forgiveness and let that wash over you and maintain that spot and pray some blessings on them instead of curses. And then when your heart has gotten a little bit different posture in it, then go in with the feedback. What's going to bleed through then is blessing instead of curse. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor. There's three commands. Love your God, love your neighbor, love yourself. If you can't love yourself well, you can't love your neighbor well. And you can't love God well. If you can't love yourself, there's something broken down inside your heart. And it very well might have to do with your parental relationships. And don't you know, God presents himself as our father. Let's take a short break to give your brain a rest. If you would like to connect with Pastor Carrie to offer feedback, to suggest topics for future episodes, or to ask a question, there are a few easy ways to do that. You can message him on Twitter. Just search for at TRCSCP. 
that's an at sign followed by the letters T-R-C-S-C-P. If you prefer Facebook Messenger, you can search for at PK Spiritual Coaching. That's at PK Spiritual Coaching. Or you can simply email him at Gary at TwoRivers.Church. As you might expect, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate us on iTunes and like and share the podcast as well as our Twitter and Facebook pages so that other church leaders and spiritual coaches can find this helpful content. All right, let's return now to our current episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. Silence requires humility. It demands it. Arrogance is pushy and self-promoting, but silence shows deference and respect to others. It allows them to advance their agenda while constantly talking promotes our agenda. You, you understand that? If you're always talking, you're pushing your agenda. When you show deference, by silence you show deference and you give space for someone else to promote their agenda. People are always talking always thinking they have something to say, something others need to hear, okay? I, fi- I, I, I find people who uh, think themselves, <laughs> I'm just going to say it this way, I wrote it down, I was gonna, don't want to say that, but uh, who think themselves too important and too busy so that they finish my sentences and interrupt me and don't let me say what I need to say, they test my spirituality. As coaches, I do this. Sometimes someone's talking to you and they're sharing their story, and I've got the solution already in my head. I mean, I've heard it, and, and it was really, I, I think I know what I need to say to them. And now I don't want to listen to the rest of their story. Because i got places to go, things to do, people to see. If Jared doesn't get his whole story out, he's going to think that I'm judging what help he needs in, inappropriately, inaccurately, because I don't have the whole story. People don't feel, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Hear their whole story. I have, I spent my first session with people and I'll give them an hour. Some people take the whole hour to tell their story. I just keep asking them, keep prodding them. If I can tell they want to keep talking, I'll let them talk. And then what I usually do is I have to set up another appointment. I give them some homework and set up another appointment, but they'll come back. If they really want help, they've been heard. They've been able to get it all out there and say everything they wanted to say. Um, and that's the way you minister to other people is in silence. Silence is a gift you give. Silence is a gift to other people. Uh, Isaiah thirty fifteen says, this is what the sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved in quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. So we're mingling in here the idea of silence with your mouth with the idea of silencing your heart. And really, in order to silence your mouth, your heart has to have an air, a, a degree of silence in it, too. You've got to be able to um, not always be putting your stuff out there and your intelligence or whatever out there. Um, you've got to be able to give people other space to do what they need to do and what they would like to do and make them feel loved. And, and, and the Bible talks about quietness quite frequently. Um, different, depends on the translation you're reading, but it talks about quietness um, pretty regularly. Um, and, and another word for that is actually passivity. I said it before. There's a... a this sounds anti-American again, but um, there's a need for some passivity. You know, uh, pacifists in our history, I, I, don't, I don't lean towards um, an excessive pacifistic position. Um, but I think we all would do well 
to learn from them. This idea of just quieting down our defenses. We are so defensive. We are at war with everyone. We're at war with ourselves. Heck, we're at war with God. Because we're so impatient. He's not doing it at our speed. We're doing it when we want and how we want. And we're all upset with God. And that's just our whole insides. You know, we fret and stew about things that, have, that we have to do. And I was just talking to Nancy. And I said, you know, when we take our vacation, we need to ask Ron and Sheriff. We can just, and we leave 10 minutes away. We need to come up here. Just spend a night. It's so quiet and still and calm. It just feeds your soul, doesn't it? And your cell phone doesn't work. And your cell phone doesn't work. That's right. That's right. Right. Thank you. Um, and, 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 you know, passivity, there's a, a, like the Quakers, in some, they swung to this pendulum, and there's people out there that uh, take such a pacifistic position that they say you shouldn't even resist temptation because you're exercising desire. makes me twitch but that's not where we're going for here but listen consider this think about this muse on this a little bit how much of your life is a battle how much of your life is competition how much of your thinking is warlike are you a peacemaker and a peacekeeper those are two different things it's one thing to keep the peace. It's a different thing to make peace. I could really go, I would love to, to dive into this idea of this inner passivity, of this inner quietness, and, and um, the idea of, of the fact that you even need to put your dreams and passions on the altar. Yeah. Even them sometimes stir up anything but quietness. I don't know, I'm in a different phase in life. You start thinking about life differently. I've only got so many years left. That is not a quiet thought for me. <laughs> you got how that's not a quiet thought? Some of us are constant doers, constant um, completers. Constant, uh, I said yesterday, some of us have really hard time walking away from unfinished projects. I call myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Carly Fiorino, the one-time head of uh, HP, has a book called Perfect Enough. Perfect Enough. Who puts those words together? together. <laughs> the solution to this problem is not time management. No. no. Delegating. No, no, it's not delegating. No. No, it's not techniques to manage your brokenness. Mm -hmm. The answer is wholeness and healing that comes only through the forgiving, healing blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the reasons why we end up with so many things on our list sometimes is because we cannot abide by letting somebody down. You've got to be able, or letting yourself down, you've got to be able to say no and not have it wipe you out for three days trying to get over all the thoughts about what somebody's thinking about you. How they've just judged you. How they just think you're less. You're not enough. Because you didn't finish this on time. Yeah. You know, here's what I figured out. You don't do the thing, you don't get it done on time, and the world don't stop spinning. 
Someone's gonna be disappointed on you. Yes. Yes. Here, here, here's, here's a, let's get, let's get, let's get a little more hairy with this. I might lose my job. Yes. Who's responsible for your heart and your life? Your boss or you? Tell God you can have my job. I'm not living like this anymore. No, I will not live this way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you were supposed to quit eight months ago, dude. <laughs> Imagine I lose it. you're one of the people you're leading. Are you teaching them? What's the model you're putting out to them? If you expect this of yourself, are you expecting too much of your people? This is a culture where failure is just unacceptable. American culture is unacceptable. You just don't fail. You're a loser. That's right. It's a lie from the pit of hell. That's right. That's right. Guys, we're dying on hills we don't need to be dying on. That's right. We're taking on too much. We're not saying no because we're afraid of what's going to happen. We're afraid of what people are going to think, what's not going to get done, what's going to crash and burn. I think some of us would do well to let everything go and start again. Nuke your life. <coughs> Nuke your life. I see it. One second. Nuke your life. Like throw it in the microwave for a minute, or like no. or drop a nuke. Blow it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Blow it up. <laughs> like you, like you, like you nuke your phone, right? You wipe it clean and start over again. Push reset on your phone. Get it back to factory resets. Sometimes that's the only way. That's a massive reset. What's here's, what, here's what we're struggling with. I think what we're struggling with is I'm trying to tell you to do something that does not work in our culture. Yeah. Someone recently said to me, well, all you do is coach. <laughs> I was momentarily offended. Until my brain kicked back on, I said, yeah. Yep, I'm a pretty happy guy. Doing what I'm supposed to be doing. If you are one of these persons that runs from sunup to sundown, and you're always telling people, I'm too busy, and you're frantic, and you're, you are living a completely destructive life. You're destroying your own heart, and you're destroying the hearts around you. Get your foot out of the gas. There's two pedals down there, people. There's two pedals. Sometimes you save your life by using the left one. Here's this. I want to share this picture with you because I love this verse. This is, this is, this is, we're going to close up on this thought. And I, I think this might give you something to take with you to help you process this a little bit. Okay. Did you want to say something, babe? No. Psalm 31, one through two. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not consider concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. That just speaks to what we were just talking about, doesn't it? So this is verse two. Is the verse two is the one I want you to look at? Indeed, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Like a weaned child is my soul 
within me. Uh, I have to give you this picture. It's a little personal and intimate, but I, you need to get this picture. Think right now of an unweaned child being held by its mother. <clears throat> Just stick with this. Wanting to attach. Have you seen an unweaned child rooting and, and fussing and crying and squirming trying to find it? There's nothing quiet about that little child. Right? Now the picture is of the weaned child in their mother's lap. Asleep. Same place. Cradled in the same arms. Underneath the same bosoms. Quiet. There's no rooting. There's no looking. There's no quieting. There's no fussing. There's no kicking. There's no arms flailing. And, and what this says here is, I've calmed and quieted myself. The unweaned child is only quieted by its mother's milk. The weaned child has quieted itself. What does your life look like? The unweaned child in his mother's arms or the weaned child in his mother's arms? You are responsible. It's your life. You've got to make the call. This might be the biggest leadership decision you ever make. Leaders, go first. What that means is leaders have to go first Mary style, not Martha style. Leaders go first doesn't mean get your Martha on. It means get your Mary on. Stop, sit, spend your time. Pour out the perfume of your worship and praise on the feet of your Savior. episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. I pray that God can use this training to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are anywhere near upstate New York, specifically the Binghamton area, look Pastor Kerry up. He'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Remember, only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. Thank you.